Welcome to the Educational Passages Podcast. This is the Mini Boat Traffic Report. Educational Passages is a nonprofit organization that seeks to connect people around the world to the ocean and each other through unique global experiences. I'm your host, Cassie Stymist. Since our last traffic report on January 10th, there were two landings, three recoveries, and two launches. We're going to start this miniboat traffic report with an update on the Pacific Basin miniboats. The butterfly of the sea, which we mentioned last time as sailing around the islands of Hawaii, finally caught the wind and started westward across the mid-Pacific mountains. The Meridian School has two reasons to celebrate, because their boat also officially crossed the international date line between February 13th and 14th. Have you had a listen to the latest full episode of our podcast yet? We recently caught up with Nate Sandell, who until last year was the education director at the Columbia River Maritime Museum. We worked with Nate since 2017 to help students in the Pacific Northwest and Japan build, launch, track, and sometimes relaunch 36 miniboats into the Pacific Ocean. In this podcast, Nate shares with us some of the best stories and connections, so check it out. Since that podcast aired, we saw Liberty finally set sail on its fourth voyage. Originally from Y East Middle School in Vancouver, Washington, the Liberty is probably most famous for the river float adventures in 2020, but it was set to the open ocean by the crew of the cable ship Decisive in July 2020. By November, it found its way to the Marshall Islands and to Aluk Atoll specifically, which actually means Island of Sails in Marshallese. There, Captain Mark and Angela of the SV Uno Mas helped find and recover the boat. Mark and Angela were finally able to visit the island again uh, this last January, and they brought with them a new GPS, messages and artwork for the cargo hold, and supplies to make repairs, and they relaunched it on January 20th. Between January 28th and 29th, she actually crossed the path of where Flames Unite was only two weeks before. Flames Unite was heading south and Liberty was heading west at that time. Liberty then sailed past Micronesia and is now heading southwest towards Papua New Guinea. Speaking of Flames Unite, the last report we received was on February 7th while traveling at a speed of one knot. She was 135 nautical miles south of Micronesia at the time and traveling northwest. Wildlife, which was launched at the same time and place as Flames Unite, along with Donut Express and Boat to Freedom, last June, last reported on January 30th, over a thousand nautical miles away from where Flames Unite was. While Flames Unite traveled south, as we said before, near Micronesia, wildlife kept a pretty westward path and is definitely the farthest west a miniboat has traveled from the U.S. coast. Another really, really cool thing that happened with wildlife is that it last reported near the Mariana Trench, and more specifically, near the Challenger Deep, which is the deepest known point of the seabed on Earth at 11 kilometers deep. That's almost 36,000 feet. According to DeepSeaChallenge.com website, it was first measured in 1875 as part of the HMS Challenger's Global Oceanographic Cruise when they used weighted sounding rope and found the depth to be about 8 kilometers. It was measured again in 1951 with an echo sounder. How many miniboats point to point would that be? 
Nessie, which is the fifth mini boat from last year's CRMM fleet, was launched closer to Japan and has now traveled over 9,600 kilometers. But if you measure just from start to finish, is only 800. I wonder what's going on over there. And from the 2020 to 2021 CRMM fleet, we've still been tracking Destiny and Kimura Sensei. Destiny has been out now for over 444 days and has slowed in speed quite a bit, now traveling only 0.2 knots in the Central Pacific Basin. But unfortunately, Kimura Sensei last reported on January 26th. She was only 300 nautical miles west of San Francisco, California, and is quite possibly now back into the currents that have transported many boats southwest back across the Pacific the other way. You know, looking back at where she started 461 days ago, we can start to see patterns. If you take a look at the CRMM fleet's map, you can now start to see how many boats take these different paths. Even though they may cross or start at the same time, this variability is really not uncommon and is why researchers launch drifters and other tracking devices to improve their models and forecasts. This helps from everything from weather to climate and all in between, including search and rescue efforts. So that's it for the Pacific Basin updates. But before we head to the Atlantic, I want to give a quick update on our Indian Ocean Basin miniboat. This is a correction from last time. It is not exactly the Southern Ocean yet. I mistakenly said in the last traffic report that the Sacred Heart Star of the Sea was our first miniboat launched in the Southern Ocean. But since it was launched only at 50 degrees latitude, it wasn't quite that. That milestone has yet to be reached and is set at 60 degrees latitude. So we're now watching and waiting to see if it could at least become the first to sail into the Southern Ocean as it's already down to 56.5 degrees latitude 42 days later. And now for updates in the Atlantic. I hadn't noticed in time on the last report, but it looks like the Blue Heron stopped reporting on January 9th. It was in a good path and on a good trajectory to head back across the Atlantic. So from here, it's really hard to predict if and when we may see her again. The day we published the last traffic report, January 11th, the HK Pride found its way to France. What's really neat about this is that the last classroom the HK Pride was in was Madame Room's French Immersion class at Villanova in Conception Bay, South Newfoundland. What are the chances of that? HK Pride and its sister ship, the Teal Turtle, were relaunched, these two being originally from Boston, Massachusetts in the U.S. and landing in Newfoundland and Labrador in 2021, together off the Grand Banks in September by Captain Morgan and crew of the MV Maersk Clipper. They actually traveled together for over a month, but Teal Turtle went a little more south than HK Pride and ended up landing in Graciosa, an island in the Azores. HK Pride continued east, hung around west of Portugal for a bit, and then into the Bay of Biscay and landing north of Les Sables de Long in France on January 11th. Over the years, we've actually seen five miniboats landing on a 45 nautical mile stretch of coast there. So it will be fun to reconnect with everyone as HK Pride is introduced to classrooms. 
HK Pride was actually brought to a small elementary school already in Saint-Hilaire-de-Ré, and they already planned to repair the boat with a local boat-building company, Beneteau. The third mini-boat from the triple landing in 2021 up in Newfoundland and Labrador is the BHS rowboat. It was relaunched but has been quiet since January 12th and we think may have flipped over. On January 16th, the Wildcat Wave joined the at sea fleet. This is the first mini boat from Wyndham Center School in New Hampshire and was inspired by the Rye Riptides, which was also from New Hampshire and landed in Norway exactly a year ago. Miss Cronin, the captain of the Wildcat Wave, brought the boat to the docks of the Little Bay Lobster Company and even got a tour of the FV Rachel Lee from Captain Terry and later shared that experience with her students. The mini boat was launched near the Continental Shelf by George's Bank in the Gulf of Maine on the 16th and the crew observed it heading southwest. You can check out the launch video and student work from the boat's page. After a month, the Wildcat Wave is now only about 200 nautical miles behind the Purple Hurricane, which was launched back in November off the coast of the Carolinas. These two are definitely riding that Gulf Stream and are both over the Newfoundland Basin and halfway to Europe. Lady Lance has also picked up some speed again. After getting caught in several warm core rings, she appears to have finally found the Gulf Stream again and traveling about two and a half knots. It's great to see the speed pick up, but now we're wondering, is the sail missing or not? Lady Lance's sister ship, the Lancer, which was first launched in 2016, was relaunched south of the Canary Islands and is now a few hundred miles from the Caribbean on the other side of the Atlantic. What's interesting is that Lancer has been at sea for 16 days less than Lady Lance, but has traveled over 2,000 kilometers more. And in a straight line, Lancer has gone over 5,000 kilometers, but Lady Lance only 1,400. This is definitely evidence of variability in those ocean currents and weather and is part of Lady Lance getting caught in those rings. On January 30th, the Schnellavella moved inland to Maburuma in Guyana. We're not sure who moved it or who has it, and we're still trying to actively find contacts in the area who can help connect our students. The boat landed there back in December, and the GPS is still reporting, so we hope there's still a chance to make a connection. And we put out some flyers on social media to help. The other two in the Pogo fleet that landed in Côte d'Ivoire unfortunately had the same fate, and we have yet to make contact with the finders. So if you can help at all, please reach out. The fourth in the Pogo miniboat fleet is still at sea, El Cisne Alto. It crossed the equator for a second time on February 6th, this time heading south. We're really excited to see this one still at sea, although it has been on a very strange and interesting path these last couple weeks around the equator, and we're looking closer at the orientation data and temperature data because we think it may be on a crewed vessel and no longer just an uncrewed miniboat by itself. More to follow as we keep an eye on that. January into February was pretty eventful, as you've been hearing about, but it was also a really awesome time for Brian McMahon Marine Science Academy in Norwalk, Connecticut. Their boat, the Conscriptus, was launched last May. It's actually the first mini boat from our new boat makers. 
Puffin Boats in Maine. Shout out to them. And it was the 16th mini boat launched from the MV Bermuda Islander crew. So another shout out to them as well. Um, but since then has had quite an adventure. In 255 days, Conscriptus has traveled over 16,000 kilometers. It went through Tropical Storm Alex and post-Hurricane Danielle and by November was approaching Ireland. By the middle of January, it started to head south between Hebrides and mainland Scotland. So I reached out to some friends at the Days Are Packed who live in Aberdeenshire on the east coast. They were keeping an eye on it and were all packed up to drive four hours west and recover the conscriptus for us, but the miniboat had other plans. It traveled north again and up near the Shetland Islands, where we were interviewed by the BBC Radio about. It ended up sailing between Shetland and Orkney Islands and into the North Sea. By February 10th, it made land in Televog, Norway, which is near Bergen. It was recovered from the rocks and placed above the wave thanks to Stephen Anderson. A few friends that were out for a walk found it the next day and contacted us, so we put them in touch with local environmental advocate Kenneth Bruvik, who is a well-known documentarian known for the film A Plastic Whale. They all returned on February 13th, and while cleaning up other debris from the coast, recovered the miniboat as well. It turns out that Kenneth is well known for his efforts to clean up plastics in Norway. He is even receiving the King's Medal next week for his work. We are so grateful to Kenneth and everyone who helped so far and look forward to connecting classrooms very soon and to have conscriptus teach us all a little bit more about what is floating around our ocean and ending up on beaches of Norway and around the world. And lastly, I just want to mention a few events and activities that you may be interested in taking part. Coming up by March 31st is the fourth annual Recycle Regatta, which is something we started back in 2020 with our friends at New England Science and Sailing and the North American Marine Environment Protection Association. Students grades K through 12 are invited to grab some recycled materials and build mini boats to enter the competition. There's also the Data Jam through March 15th as a way to learn about the BHS Row Rider and the mini boat data behind the sensor. And coming up at the end of March is Project OCN, the Ocean Climate Nexus Conference. So we'll post some links in the show notes for you to check it out. And if you're interested in building your own mini boat this fall, sign up now because spots are going to be very limited this year. That's it for this week's mini boat traffic report. Head on over to the Educational Passages website educationalpassages.org slash at sea to explore the tracks and stories yourself. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of the Educational Passages podcast. Educational Passages is a nonprofit organization. Please consider making a donation to help us continue our work, bringing people together to learn more about the ocean. To donate, visit educationalpassages.org slash support. If you're enjoying this program, please consider subscribing to the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or from wherever you download your podcasts. Thanks for listening.